Hi, this is Tim Golden of the Motown Philly Podcast here asking you an important question. Are you a woman survivor of childhood sexual abuse? If so, your voice is your strength and your healing journey starts now. Broken to Blessed, hosted by Michelle Hall, is the podcast designed specifically to serve you. Tune in to witness the remarkable transformation as survivors share how they reclaim their lives through the power of their voices. This podcast is your safe space to find your voice and thrive. Explore real stories of resilience, growth, and empowerment, and discover how your voice can be the key to unlocking your healing journey. Ready to rewrite your story? Subscribe today to Broken to Blessed with Michelle Hall on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Broken to Blessed, where your voice transforms your story and paves the way to a life of empowerment. And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Motown Philly Podcast. I am Tim Golden, here with my co-host. What's going on, guys? It is Jason Hall. What up, though? That's right, Jason Hall from the Motor City, Motown, Detroit, Michigan. I'm Tim Golden from Philly, is in Philadelphia, PA, the city of brotherly love. And we are back here again. This is season two, episode five, episode five, seven overall. That's 57. Episode 57 overall of the Motown Philly podcast. We're here at Motown Philly are all about communication, connection, and community. And Jay, before we get going, you know we got to drop the gratitude game on that stupendous, fabulous, amazing listening audience of ours. So go ahead, man. Tell the people how grateful we are. Gratitude gang, stay tight, chick. Gratitude gang, stay tight. Listen, guys, I am. I I want you guys to feel what I'm what I'm giving you. I'll make it brief, but I want you to feel it. Um, we can't say enough how important the idea the concept the 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 movement of what gratitude can do inside of you uh so to acknowledge and be in it be in awe of what it is to you as you are grateful to those things those people uh, the situations in your life even the ones that don't seem so positive but to be grateful that you're able to to feel to perceive to hug to love to cry like all those things are important to to breathe the simple things to wake up to do to have a job to have family oh to have haters to have haters that means you might be doing something right or may not you got to have some level of self-awareness and some emotional intelligence what tim and i talk about but listen what we're aware of we're aware that you guys are often in all ways, especially our faithful day oneers, Tim, you're listening to us and you're asking us questions and you're checking in and see if we did we upload or if we're a little later early. But to know that you're listening, you're spending time with us, 
we're forever grateful for that. We're grateful for you. Tim and I are glad and happy and excited to pop on here every week and say that, hey, we're not just speaking to ourselves or having conversations amongst ourselves, that we have faithful listeners that that are actually growing as we look at the metrics and we are grateful for each and every one of you, whether you're an old school listener or a new school listener. This is the Motown Philly podcast. So tune in, be grateful for your present life that's happening. Well, even what happened in the past, because it helps to make you who you are today. It's a great person that you are today. Be happy for the future that's in front of you. So I sit here in gratefulness for you guys. Tim, love you, bro. I'm grateful for you. Let's go. Let's get this episode going. Yes, sir. Jay, the gratitude game is real. Thank you so much for dropping that on us as you always do. And thank you, listening audience, for being the amazing, wonderful, stupendous, spectacular people that you are, for giving us the privilege of letting you into your lives, for allowing us a space in your place to share all that we can about communication, connection, and community. So, Jason, this week on season two, episode Mm -hmm. five of the Motown Philly podcast, we're going to talk about a subject that is, I think, of universal interest to most people. Yes, that doesn't make sense. If it's universal, it's of interest to all people. So, I shouldn't have said it that. Well, maybe should be. On some it, level, it, it, perhaps it should be an interest that's universal. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, today, folks, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about money, money, and communication. Money, greenbacks, cold cash. I like the kind that jingles, but I prefer the kind that folds. Mm-hmm. Money, money. We do a lot of things for it. We do a lot of things with it, some good, some bad. Nobody ever seems to have enough of it nowadays. And so what we're going to do is get this conversation started. And Jason, I want to start with you because I think that money is misunderstood when we view it in the abstract. Money is connected to personality. Hmm. Money is connected to values. Mm -hmm. Money is connected to priorities. Yes, sir. And values, priorities, and personality are all part of the human experience. Now, Jason, you are an entrepreneur, and Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, money is top priority. So when you think about money and you think about personality, you think about values, and you think about priorities, is it proper or can one have a proper view of money apart from the people who want it the people who don't have enough of it the people who don't spend enough of it 
and the people who spend too much of it. The people who want to do good things with it. The people who want to do bad things with it. Can we talk about money without talking about people? Jay, take it away. Yo, you just you just opened it up. You just opened up. Yo, guys, we be opening up Pandora's box uh, in here. Yeah, forgive my we be, but we do. We <laughs> we often open up. Tim does. Let me blame it on Tim. Tim is the Tim is the pitcher of this show, and I try and do some batting. Um, money, I think Tim. Ready, I think you're ready to knock this one out of the park. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Let me tell you why. And not to downplay what I'm about to say, because it might drop heavy on, if not y'all, it's about to drop heavy on, on at least Tim and I. Uh, because we often talk about money, which is why we wanted to show up to the table. Um when it on this particular episode because this is an episode that i think that we believe that is going to resonate with you guys and that's why we open up our that's why we are opening up our mouths to share our conversation on money so tim i think that money is similar to communication mm. it's similar to communication you guys may have heard me say that communication is like an ocean to me as a as a communication skills coach background in speech language pathology like where do you start from what angle do you come in what aspect of money do you focus on uh when it comes to your ability to have it flow from you or even to you very similar to communication there's various aspects of what communication is. And when Tim and I hop on these mics and open up our hearts and our minds and the ideas and the things that we've been thinking about on this particular podcast, we think about communication, connection and community. And I am we're doing our best to broach this conversation in money with the backdrop of communication, uh, connection and community but thinking about money specifically like we grow up as individuals especially in this western society with many different ideologies and thoughts about what money is to us and if you're black and brown like tim and i and you have that that you have that history of what money is in a lot of ways, you grow up with a disadvantage on how to relate with money. Let's just talk about it. Like Tim and I are going to try and mold this conversation in a way that you th that we are thinking about. Money is not just an inanimate object to us, because when we think about it, money, we don't touch a lot of money these days. We've gotten to a system to where money is electronic. Oftentimes we don't actually see money to make transactional, uh, transactional like purchases or have transactional interaction when it comes to commerce and things of that nature. And no, this Tim and I are not money gurus, but we want to talk to you about what does money how does money impact us listen money is we we got to think about start thinking about 
what is our relationship to money? And Tim and I have been, we have, we've, Tim and I have known each other for years, but recently, um, over the past few years, we have had serious conversations about money and how it impacts us in our lives. And, and Tim has opened up to me about, and he will, uh, I believe on this episode and his relationship with money, I can tell you for me, it's been my relationship with money started from when I was a kid and with my dad and mom often saying we don't have any and my dad will be like yo you know money don't grow on trees so I thought it was scarce and I was and I never really was able or allowed to handle it or manage it or really understand it or caught lessons or were taught lessons about what money is so money was like this abstract thing that I could actually hold in my hand, but I never knew the sheer power of what it could do in my life. So in a lot of ways, my relationship was money with money wasn't the healthiest in the, in the aspect of how I can help it do something for my life and for the people around me. So we're just kind of, we're just, we're, we're laying this topic out to you guys. For you guys to think about what is your relationship with money because tim is going to talk about his relationship to money and i'm going to open up a little bit more and be vulnerable about you know my experience currently with with money and how i'm dealing with it and i'm i'm you know i'm getting close to 50 now guys and i'm learning big major lessons about money like listen there is a psychology not just our relationship with money there is a psychology that goes with how are we understanding this thing called money and how it impacts our lives in the future in the past currently and how it's going to impact our lives in in the future so tim yo this topic of money what you got to say it's serious jason it's very serious so the question was, can we get an accurate picture of money without talking about its connection to people? And what I hear you saying is, no, we can't. That to speak of money in a way that makes sense is to remove it from the realm of the abstract and connect it to the realm of human experience because the fact of the matter is our disposition toward money as you put it a moment ago quite nicely comes from our childhood experiences it comes from our our present circumstances mm -hmm. and it comes from our future anxiety Yes. So there is a temporal dimension to money. We have a view of it based on the past. We have a view of it based on the present. I ain't got no money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My money ain't right. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, if my money ain't right, it affects everything. Mm -hmm. It affects my mood. I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm not really happy about much of anything. And it's because the means of making a living seem to be difficult to come by right, right. now. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, in the future, 
you start thinking about retirement, right? And for me, what I have discovered, I'll just open up here, mm-hmm. I'll be transparent. For me, my disposition toward money is a present oriented disposition. Do I have the money that I need right now to live? As long as I got it in the here and now, I'm good. I'm good. It doesn't really matter if I have what I need in the future. My disposition toward money is a present oriented disposition. Now, over time, I have grown and I have changed. I can still say that I've, although I've made some strides in being future oriented, there are certain things that I still need to do. I still need a living will, right? Which is the kind of thing so that when I'm gone, I, my family don't have to fuss and fight about who's going to pay for this and who's going to pay for that. Ideally, I would like to have everything paid for so that once I'm gone, I can leave my instructions in the hand of family or a trusted friend like you, Jason, mm-hmm. who I know will carry out those instructions and you can do it without stressing over it. Right? Because yep. people talk about you even when you're dead. And I don't want nobody talking about me when I'm dead. Right? And in order for me to get to the place where everything is squared away, excuse me, I need to develop more of a future disposition toward money. I need to be concerned about the future. I need to make sure that everything is okay. Now I've made huge strides. I have a great retirement account, right? Which is, is wonderful. So I make sure I have the money that I need to live on when I'm no longer, when I decide that I've, I've worked long enough and I don't think that that's anytime soon, but I will say that you start looking at your age and then you look at the future and you say, Hmm, I got more years behind me than I do in front of me. Chances are I'm 55 years old. Chances are I will not live to be 110. So I am deep into the second half of my life. Right. Yeah. And at this age, I know that I got more years behind me than I do ahead of me. So I got to make them count. And I got to live well. I got to live urgency. I got to live my life like Allen Iverson played basketball. I always say that. I got to live with a fierce sense of urgency. And that means that my values and my priorities and my personality have to have a healthy relationship with money. So that's a little bit about me and my background. My memories as a kid were memories of my father coming home from a gig. My father was a jazz piano player and my father would pull the cash money out of his pocket and put it on the table and tell my mother, mother's name was Margaret. Father's name was James, called him Jimmy. He would say, Margaret, 
figure out what we're going to eat and make sure we pay, uh, pay uh, for the roof over our heads and get something for the kids. And, and my mom would take it up and she'd manage it. And my mom ran the household and we always had food to eat. We always had decent clothes to wear. We didn't have the latest, nicest furniture. We didn't have the latest electronics. We didn't have a lot of things. And it's funny because to me, none of those things mattered because my mother and father hugged me every day and they loved me. And that's all that mattered to me. Now that, so for me, having money was a good thing. It enabled you to do things. Money is connected to present security. Can I pay my, can I pay for the roof over my head? Can I put food on my table? Can I pay my utilities? And can I put clothes on my back? Can I put gas in my car? Those are the things that, that that's the way I tend to relate to money. And it's not, obviously it's not a perfect way I can get, I need to get more future oriented, but that's, that's kind of my background and my disposition toward money, Jay. Um, very good, Tim. I was just thinking as you were talking about, um, you know, your disposition towards money and the, how, where it was rooted in, um, somewhere along the way, me in particular as i've grown into adulthood i have and i don't know if i could say that i started off dysfunctional i was just with money and understanding it it's just knowing that i wasn't necessarily educated on money and i think to live in this capitalistic world in this country if you don't know and understand how it works, it can it can put you like somebody created that phrase, put you behind the eight ball. And a lot of times that does have a connotation on on money. <laughs> um, for some reason, the eight ball is, is leverage against you as opposed to leverage for you. And in the kind of in with the idea of where or how was my relationship to money if I was never educated on how to be successful with money and everything around us, Tim, is transactional when it comes to having or not having, um, especially as you're an adult, like you, you just spoke about when I was a kid, this is how it was as far as um, the worries or cares that you had. There were times that I can remember growing up to know that I couldn't get or have or go because we didn't have the amount of money that maybe my dad wished to have had. You started off this conversation like pointing out that I'm an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur, guys, it's been in my it's in my spirit. Like it's been inside of me before I was able to identify it. Me, Tim and I have had these conversations. And now that I am a full time entrepreneur over the past two years, since January 21, I can remember the day I resigned from being a clinical 
a clinical speech pathologist uh, working in the medical field, uh, this entrepreneurial bug, if you will, had taken over and I allowed it to take over. And it's made me more present. And we've been talking about the word money. It's made me more present to finances. So I don't know if these words and terms will be interchangeable for us at this moment, but finances, aka money in my brain now are, are the same thing. Like, so here's a shift in education already when now that I step into this domain, right? I knew the word finances before, but now I'm understanding it more. So this relationship with money that we began to talk about has become ever present to to what I do and how I'm able to do it. It's become ever present to me like never before. And it allows me to see blind spots on what I was never privy to learning about. Like no one's ever sat me down as a as a business owner or even honestly as just a plain old person or a person, just an individual who doesn't have a business and say, you know what? You hear about it, Tim, all the time. You should set a budget. You should know what comes in and what goes out. You should know what are what are on your ledgers. This is this is, this is financial nomenclature, financial words that I'm using that I'm learning. You should know what's on in the column of what goes in and what goes out, what loans you have, what bills you have, who you owe, what's where your student loans are and how that and how that works on a weekly, yay, even monthly or year to year basis so that you can manage yourself or as I've heard before, govern yourself accordingly. Like maybe I thought at one point I didn't make so much that I didn't have to write it down because I had it in my brain. So my relationship with money as an adult, especially now as an entrepreneur, has segued to a to a place where I've needed to give a lot more attention and understanding of how my money works. And let's just be honest. For me, Tim, money, like you said, has been linked to me in a very emotional way. Um, I can say that prior to, and I'm learning how to manage that better. But you guys who are listening, does money affect you emotionally? Like, when you have it, you feel good. When you don't, like Tim said, you feel bad. Like I'm learning that that money thing can control a lot of your being. And the thing is like, the question is, when does that happen? Or why does that happen? And well, how no. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jason. I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, you're good. Okay. All right. So... I'm listening to you and I'm thinking here I am talking about how I feel bad if I don't have money and I feel good if I do have it, but a fundamental flaw and I'm criticizing myself y'all as some of y'all might even have thought about this already as you're listening as badly as much as i am aware of how badly i feel if i if i don't have money or how good i feel if i do have it i am not giving any thought 
at all to what it takes for me to keep it so that I don't ever have to feel badly for not having it. And that means that I have neglected a part of myself that I'm not paying attention to myself long enough to satisfy my own emotional need. Okay, Tim, you're going to feel bad if you don't have money. Got it. Check this out. Here's the next level. What are you going to do in your relationship with money to make sure you don't waste it? What are you going to do to save it? What are you going to do to ensure that you always have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the that has to be the first conversation, right? Is a conversation that we have to have with ourselves. And again, that conversation involves values, priorities, and personality. If you have a problem like codependency, you're going to spend money on people to get them to approve of you, Uh this becomes a real dysfunction, especially in romantic relationships. Uh You're going to buy things for that man or buy things for that woman in hopes that you will get them to like you. Now we see on a secondary level that not only is it a psychological problem, but that the psychological problem breeds a financial problem because now your personality and what you value, or in this case, overvalue, i.e. the opinions of other people becomes part of a price tag. And so money again, back to our original question, Jason, it isn't just money in the abstract Uh this is money that is deeply connected to how we build community how we connect especially how we connect with ourselves and how we communicate with other people maybe you shouldn't buy him that diamond watch just because you want him to marry you That's going to cost you a lot of money, but you know what? Even though you're going to have to forego an expense in another part of your budget, you say, oh, that's okay. It's all about sacrifice and I love him or I love her. And so I'm going to get her the diamond necklace, even though I'm not really sure where this relationship is. See, now you're doing all kind of stuff with your money to Uh undermine yourself because it ain't just about your money. It's about ourselves and our own dysfunctions that we far too often overlook. Yeah. Um, Very well said. Money. And I mean, starting with me, right? I use myself as an example, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I I think it's, it's, it's real. What we what Tim and I are wanting and attempting by bringing money up today with you guys and start having some 
conversation and of course communicate about money and tim said it pretty um pretty well in his his last commentary it was just like when you're thinking you when you're thinking about money you really need to start having some conversations with yourself and your relationship with money like this is one of the reasons that we wanted to bring this up like how do i communicate with money and how and how does money communicate to me like when you're uneducated about how to use money because like you mentioned your personality and your character because we can use money is a resource right and we can use it to do stuff with and we don't have education about it we don't think about it because some i don't know we maybe if we grown up in the church we would think we would heard that money is the root to all evil so let me not really deal with money like that although money is part of who we are because we use it so much to just have existence in this world when i say existence i mean to have a house to have a car to have lights to have food why are we ignoring the fact that money is a very present is a very present entity if you will that that is woven into almost every aspect of our lives if tim and i didn't have some level of money we couldn't come to y'all to do this podcast i wouldn't have a microphone to talk in or a platform to to speak out i just the thought in doing money was for us to continue to grow the journey and the relationship with money for me tim is like it is an ever growing process of understanding and awareness to what money is to me and how I relate to it well because let's this here's how it's been for me you know you've seen the memes this is how it started <laughs> and this is how it this is how it is or whatever like I feel like that when it comes to money when you don't know what you don't know about money you do whatever you want to do with money because no one's really educated you if if we put you in a car so money's the vehicle right so money's a vehicle or if we put you in a car tim if i put you in the car you 15 um and you don't know how to drive this vehicle and you just i just tell you to get out in these streets like you kind of know you've seen somebody drop it you've seen somebody put the gas down on it and the brakes and i just say brody go for it like the world is your oyster bro how many how many things are you tearing up on in on the car and around the car before you start getting it right that's money for most of us y'all and here's the thing at almost 50 i am just i am learning i am leaning into finances i'm leaning into money tim and i are gonna tell you some stories like on on the second half of this i'm going to tell you about what i'm actually going through with money y'all because i want y'all to be aware tim has talked to me about things in his, his past about how he's learning how he has learned to to re- listen i used to ignore money money was about only feelings for me and i used to have the general idea it's it has that has to change in order for me to be the person or to be the the entrepreneur that i see myself to be i got to do better and to have this conversation is to just broaden awareness about what money is money isn't the root of all evil if you guys 
you already know hopefully is they say the love of money and that but that's the love of any love of anything honestly the love of something that's that's not connected to human relationships and the well-being there thereof you know those things can be very nefarious or evil if the if a real person isn't the center you know damn money if 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 it's if it's not if it's not uplifting and if it's not about love and it's not helping somebody um be better do better have better uh, if i'm honest as an entrepreneur i'd love to have a shit load of money and to be able to share that money with those who can't do and need to have and want to be because maybe their resources that they have are not enough to to have to to be and to do and if i'm so blessed to have uh resources like that and tim knows me i would i would do just about anything to help somebody if i had means so if i had more means is what i'm saying i would love to help as much as i most possibly can as i continue to grow in the in the area of finances and being an entrepreneur for those of you who are listening and are part of the judeo-christian tradition the scripture says you are supposed to love two things you are supposed to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind and second you are supposed to love your neighbor as yourself you are not supposed to love money the love of money as the scripture says, is the root of all evil, precisely because if you love money, then you have already disconnected it from the people that it impacts. And that is a serious, serious moral error. Okay, Jay, listen, we need to take a break here to talk about Speaking of money, we need to talk about entrepreneurs such as yourself and how entrepreneurs are always in need of affordable, high quality advertising to help them reach their financial goals. Because we'll talk about in a few minutes if you don't have goals, if you don't have financial goals, if you don't tell your money what you want it to do your money will tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. And so entrepreneurs need this money, right? So here at the Motown Philly podcast, we want you to know that we are available for advertising and it's wise to invest your business dollars with the Motown Philly podcast for advertising, because we are available on every major podcast hosting site and our listening audience is expanding you can find us on apple Podcasts. you can find us on spotify you can find us all over the place and our, our listening audience again is growing we have subscribers in major u.s markets such as new york and los angeles and internationally we are also growing in the uk and even in africa we have three very affordable packages for your advertising needs. We have a starter package, an elite package, and a premium package. If you want more details, please reach out to us at Motown Philly Community at gmail.com. Motown Philly Community, all one word. Again, that's Motown Philly Community at gmail.com 
send us an email and we will get back to you with our pricing list and answer all of your questions here at the Motown Philly podcast. We are all about growth. We are growing. We have a growth mindset and we would love for us to grow together. Your business and our podcast. Let's make that relationship work again. You can reach out to us if you have questions at Motown Philly community at gmail.com. All right, Jay. So here we are in the throes of it talking about money. Now, just before the break, I tried to make a point that I think is pretty important, which is, and it's connected to the initial question that we asked at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. This question of, is it, do you really have a proper understanding of money if you view it as something disconnected from people? And I think the first half of our conversation came full circle at the end because we began with that question and then we ended with this moral and spiritual imperative that one ought to only love God and love the neighbor and to love money, which the scripture says is the root of all evil, is to love money in the abstract and thus disconnect it from the people and the lives that it impacts. Because think about it. If all you want is money, you don't care about people. people. If you love money more than you love people, that's why the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil because Jay, I think you understand this pretty well. Money itself is neutral. Mm-hmm. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. Mm-hmm. You can you can fund you can fund a community center or you could fund a, a drug dealing sex trafficking ring, right? You can do all kinds of things with money. So. In, in the latter part of this conversation, in the first half, Jason, we talked about our experiences with money, kind of the way we see money and so forth, areas in which we need to grow. And what I'd like to do now is share some of our future oriented ideas about money. What are the things that you think it's important are important for people to do when it comes to finances and financial goals. What what is so I'm asking two questions. What is financial goal setting? And secondly, what does financial goal setting tell us about who we are? as people give me that last part again my headset my headset is acting up go ahead what does what does financial goal setting tell us about who we are as people that's a deep question all right let's let's tackle one at let's tackle one one at a time so the first one was what what is financial goal setting so Tim and I will always, mostly always talk about our topics from the perspective of us 
and or our culture and background. So that's how I'm going to answer that question. What is financial goal setting? Financial goal setting for me at each stage of my life has been different. So I'm going to talk about it in the most present sense, because you want to know kind of like goals that moving forward as an entrepreneur, what is financial goal setting? It's it's a very real reality of the present that can help to project what the future will be in a very specific way. My relationship with finances and money is evolving right before my eyes, right before your eyes, uh, right before the listening ears of this podcast, y'all. As I was telling Tim before, I have had this top-down look of about money that's in my control. That's what that's within my grasp. I'm aware of it. I know some. I have a general level and idea of it. But guess what? As an entrepreneur, as you make money and more of it comes, and you have more responsibilities. You need to be more, I don't know if the word is myopic or just acutely focused on what monies are going and what monies are coming. So in order to set a goal, you kind of need to know where you are currently. How can I plan to go somewhere goal? How can I create a destination if I don't know where I am? So in order for that to happen, I need to, especially from an entrepreneurial standpoint, and even you guys can apply this to where you are now, from a, just from a personal aspect, you have to, in order to set goals, you need to know where you are presently. Not just how much money you make, um, gen- how much do you make a year? Somebody, I make approximately 72 grand a year or something like that. No, know how much money you made on this check. Oh, <laughs> how about go even farther? Know how much money you made this week, how much money you made today, not just how much, then how much money the government took from you and uh, including your retirement and all the taxes that go along with it, state and local, right? Federal know that, right? And after you know that, you know how much you have home that, th- that you can bring home every week and or every day. Once you know those numbers, now what are your fixed expenses? Tim, what are you? The question was goals, but it was lofted. So when you let me let me pause just right there. When you begin to know your finances in a very acute way, like what what did I spend today? What went out the house? Because on after two weeks, I brought something home. But after time of those two, as those two weeks pass, money starts to be depleted or starts to leave the home. You need to be aware of those things. And that's how. So what's goal setting? Knowing where you are and then start thinking about where you want to be. You mentioned retirement. How much money do you want when you retire? How much money do you want to make or how much income do you want to make in five years, 10 years? Write those things out. How are you getting there? If you're staying in a job that doesn't have a lot of upward mobility and you have goals to create, have a certain level income, then you got to make some other choices and decisions. Are you going to have a side business? Are you going to move to another state because the local, because the 
the state income for this particular job or this job in this in this particular company caps out like this. So understanding where you are in many ways in order helps you set the goals that you want for yourself in a very realistic way. So what I hear you saying, Jason, is that financial goal setting isn't just setting goals around money. It is setting a goal around money with the understanding of where of two things what the goal is number one and number two what is it going to take to get there and in order to know that you have to know number three where you where are, you are. Right? right and and that's important right mm. it's important a lot of us automatically I've had a bad habit of doing this in the past of assuming that what I want is unattainable because where I am is so bad right now. And before I even think about taking a sober, honest look at my present financial situation, I have already now this is this is this is the the failed logic of a flawed person. I'm talking about myself, right? I have already talked myself out of setting a financial goal because I've told myself that my present condition is so bad I can't reach it. And instead of asking the question, how can I reach this goal mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after a sober assessment of yes. I am, I have made the declaration I can't reach this goal and so as a result i never set the goal and all this does is keep me in the condition that i'm in which is not necessarily the best condition and it's a condition that could be much better y'all don't know how much i am talking to myself right now and i, and I hope that some of you listening maybe you're hearing yourself in this jason and i pride ourselves in transparency and that's kind of what we're being right now right we have to we have to talk to ourselves in constructive ways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm a philosopher i i have these here's a 15 dollar word you can share it with your friends i'm a philosopher but i have these distorted epistemological understandings of my financial condition because I am more willing to trust a lie that I tell myself than what the numbers actually say in front of me. Y'all done did it. Y'all done got Tim to bring out epistemological. Did I, I don't even, even say that right? in other words, my, my understanding of what I claim to know, epistemology comes from the Greek word episteme, to know or knowledge, my understanding of what I know about my finances is not based on the actual condition of my finances, but instead is based on a narrative in which I've told myself that I could never get to where I would like to be. Uh -huh. And that underscores, again, the second question was, what does goal set, financial goal setting or the lack thereof tell us about ourselves? And I think, and for me, it tells me something about myself that I need to improve my self-talk in that area. 
Now, I have come light years from where I was eight years ago in terms of self-talk. I think, Jason, you understand that because poor Jason was with me every step of the way. Every negative thing I said about myself, every self-deprecating thing I said about myself, Jason was there with me every step of the way. And trust me, I am beyond the galaxy of Andromeda Mm. now in terms of where I was eight years ago. That said, there is always room for improvement. And I can say that what financial goal setting says about me is that I need to improve my financial self-talk. I, I can always do better. I can always be better. So that's but, where I'm at, Jay. But guys, listen to Tim as I listen to Tim, like, and how that goes back into communication. Listen, if we're not exposed to what is healthy regard, what is healthy regarding education around money and finances, we will have a default of what is culture, what is tradition. And we like the communication around this inanimate thing called money or this resource can be negative. And just know that that our ability to do and like Tim said, create with money will be limited. Like we could stop ourselves from changing our lives yay changing the lives of others just because we have been we we see no way out of our situation because we've never learned to sit with money and finances and just look at it for what it is honestly it is is nothing it's black and white it it's it's inanimate and it's not gonna lie it's always gonna be constant it's it's the thing that drives us or drives us away from it is the emotions that we attach to it but when i when our awareness rises we're better and able to have better conversations about money and we're better able to be more creative in our lives for the better and for the betterment of others like a way that tim just mentioned could be a sticky situation or something that you would never even venture into trying to figure out because of whatever stories we've been telling ourselves about money mostly unconscious because we've never been truly educated about finances and money it can cause us to be stuck for honestly no reason at all besides just opening up the ledger and looking at how can I move from this place? But if we weren't necessarily educated, like, yo, my language around money, it needs to be different. I need to stop saying I'm broke. What does that mean? I ain't got no money. Money don't grow off trees. Like, I'm going to do that. Like, let's sit down and figure it out. Like, how am I going to do that? You have goals, you have ideas, you have plans, you have visions. Like, what are we going to do to make our situation better? We got to sit and figure it out. Tim and I financially are in a better situation than we were prior, just Mm. because we looked at money in the face. And this is where I am right now, guys, as I'm learning, as I'm growing, sometimes money are our past, our past relationship with money has caused us to neglect, to look at money in the face. Sometimes looking at money in our financial situation in the face makes us look at us 
in the lake may is almost like a mirror someone putting a mirror up before us and when you look at the black and white of what went out versus what came in we're going to have to start dealing with ourselves now because now i'm it's it's not lying it doesn't lie and that's the thing when, when we when i can start learning that that thing is not telling a lie <laughs> and guess what that lie isn't it's telling it's not telling a lie about me it's it's just holding a mirror up of this is where i am now how can i now let me face it how can i get better at this this is a skill on of management of stewardship if you will and man i've been ignoring these daggone bills i've been ignoring these daggone taxes i, I i've been ignoring these these subscriptions that just keep stifling you know out of my out of my main account why haven't i taken the time to turn that stuff off like like just do it and it's holding the mirror up guys to yourself when you start dealing with your finances and start creating a positive and healthy relationship around your finances and watch your world slowly sometimes fast start to change and it doesn't necessarily happen overnight and it's a consistent thing that you have to show up to the table and look at every time tim and i couldn't put it any better jason you can ignore your money, but your money will never ignore you. Huh. Money will always get your attention. Mm. Money will always slap you in the face. It will slap you upside your head. Money will tell you there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Jason, there's a problem, Tim. Money will show you. So money communicates. Yes. Money. We are also connected to money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. German philosopher Edmund Husserl is the founder of a school of thought in philosophy called phenomenology. And in phenomenology, he tries to explain to us that the things that we see in the world, we take them to be outside of us. But if we're not careful, in what he calls the natural attitude, we have a tendency to, th to see things that are actually deeply connected to us as disconnected from us. So you better stop it. <laughs> and, and if we are not careful, we will start to see money as something in the abstract that is disconnected mm -hmm. from us. But if we follow Husserl, Right. What he tells us is that we have to suspend or bracket the mm -hmm. natural attitude toward objects in the world in order to get us to actually see how deeply connected we are to the things that we assume are outside of us, but are actually within us because of how we intend toward those things. Oh, wow. And so that's what money is, right? Money is one of those things that is deeply connected to us, but that if we're not careful, if we just kind of go through life sort of laissez-faire and we just let it ride and you don't understand that you have a communication connection and a community with money that will jump up and let you know either A, things are really bad or B, 
hey man, you handling your business. You know why? Because you're able to take that vacation and not worry about it. Because you're able to do for your family and not sweat it. Mother needs this, father needs that, children needs this and that. You can do those things. So, so we have to understand that our connection to money is deep. And Jason, you said you have used this language throughout this, this conversation. And, and I don't want to miss this opportunity to make a connection that I think is, is very significant. Mm -hmm. Throughout our conversation on this episode, you have used the language of what goes out and what comes in. And I'm struck about how that language of ingress and egress resonates with food and weight loss and physical health. Because whereas with money, we want what comes in to exceed what comes out with diet and food, we want the caloric output to exceed the caloric intake. And when it comes to money and food, you call it the battle of the bulge, whatever. By the way, y'all need to know this. In the past four years, I am down more than 80 pounds. Wow. Y'all ain't, ain't getting no pictures. Don't be asking for no pics. Let me see the before and after. Nah, I ain't, gonna, mm. Mm. I ain't doing none of that till I get exactly where I want to go. So the point is, though, that in order for me to do what I've been doing, I have had to tell myself that I had to manage what comes in so that I burn more calories than I take in. And if I'm operating at a caloric deficit, we want a deficit with diet. We don't want a deficit with money. Yeah. Too many of us have uh, are living life with an abundance on the on the food side when we should have a deficit and a deficit on the money side when we should have an abundance. So I just want to point that out because I think that's something, I mean, you call it the battle of the bulge, trying to lose weight, whatever. That's been a challenge for me my whole life. And I'm grateful to be what I think is on the, to be on the other side of what I believe is is the that challenge. I'm, I'm eager to have sort of crossed the Rubicon. I, I don't intend to look back at all and I'm, feeling pretty good about where i'm at so i just wanted to point that out jay congrats bro congrats you've been putting in the work and you're right i've been holding it in your journey and just watching the transformation and support you then support you now um uh i am proud of you so Thank keep you, going I, keep going i appreciate that so jay listen man we, we've come a long way tonight. And as we prepare to, as you say, mm -hmm. land this plane, uh, you are one who has, one of the things I've always admired about you, Jason, is the openness of your mind. You're open to just about any and everything. If there's something out there that you think is going to make you better, you're all for it. 
Mm-hmm. Philosopher in me will sometimes not allow me to make the moves that you make. And and sometimes I think that's good. Sometimes I think that's not so good because I remember being at the airport one time and you were sending me videos of brother Umar, not Umar Johnson. What's the brother's name? Clark Clark. Umar Umar Clark. Clark. What up, though? And, I love and, and I was I was responding to I was replying to your text message citing federal law chapter and verse and i was in complete lawyer mode and i had to stop myself and i just had to realize wait a minute jason is not sending this to you so that you can be a lawyer and be a philosopher and offer criticism jason jason is sending this to you because of the basic principle of quote i love myself exactly that's why he's sending it to you and so I say all that to say that you have a very good disposition toward being available, toward making yourself available for self-improvement. With that in mind, I know you've taken in lots of tips from very reputable financial sources and if there were three things you could give our Motown Philly listening audience, three tips, three financial tips that you could give them about money, what would they be, Jason? What would you say to someone who at the end of this podcast says, wow, Jason and Tim, this is a great conversation. Where do I go from here? What are three things you would tell somebody who wants to make that first step and who who understands that the connection, communication, and community that they have with money and wants to get better at it? What would you tell them? Great question, Tim. I don't think I, I'm going to do my best to try to give you give you guys three. There's so many because I'm learning so many, especially in this season, to really figure out how I can capitalize on the learning process that I'm going through with money. But let's start with this one. Number one would be find a mentor when it comes to maybe let's back up. Let's do one a for this one. Like recognize your financial state. It might not be the healthiest that you want it to be. And you notice that I always kind of, use health as a as a um i don't know a plumb line or barometer as to how you might feel about something is my relationship with money healthy is it is it is it good is is am i doing well with it and if you're doing well and money's flowing like this conversation y'all probably might have stopped listening a long time ago but if you're like me and when you look at the outgoes and the income, the outgoing money and the incoming money, and they're not always congruent. And you have, like Tim mentioned earlier, anxieties about money. And that happens more often than not. And you seem like you're in a rat race and can't figure money out and how it applies to you and your family. I would say the first step is to acknowledge that you aren't 
the best at managing your money, a.k.a. your finances. And all you have to do is look around at your day to day uh, life and living and the struggles, what you can and can't do, maybe what the tax your, um, you know, your tax preparer told you or your accountant is telling you, you get to quickly discern or learn how you are with money. So having some coming to coming to Jesus, if you will, about how you what's your relationship with money and is it good and healthy, right? Like, am I doing well in this area of finances? So number one, like coming to yourself. Number two, find a mentor that you, when it comes to money, Tim, let's be honest. We don't want to let people know about how we're doing with money. It's, it's so much stuff that's connected with finances and money that we just couldn't pack into this one episode. But sometimes we get really private about how we're doing or how we're not, how well we're not doing with money. And Jason, if I could just interject here, mm-hmm. the reason why we're so private about money is precisely because money is so deeply connected to who we are, to our values, our personality and our priorities. And you could put it this way. The checkbook is an indication is an index to the condition of your soul of who you are. Jesus said it this way. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the reason why we get so private around money and we don't want nobody to know our business is precisely because if you could see how I spend my money, you could see me. And I might not want nobody to see me. Bro, that's a vet. No, 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 no. That's a very, and that's very, and that's very vulnerable. And that's why we talk about then, then if I'm vulnerable, you know me, you see me, you might even feel me. You might even understand what my weaknesses or what I'm not strong in. Like, um, I, I mentioned a mentor right now, guys, uh, I have a very good friend who was like an uncle. I don't know if he'll ever listen to this. Maybe he does. Maybe he will. It's like an uncle slash big brother slash dad if you don't know my dad's passed away um almost uh almost over 10 years ago so this 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 guy this friend this gentleman has stepped into my life who was uh, farther ahead of me not just an age he's not an old dude but he's kind of an old dude um he he is very strong in dealing with money And I've allowed him to come into my most vulnerable space and know everything that I do with money, have done, was doing, and doing now and want to do in the future. And he's just been literally seeing, I feel like, I feel proverbially naked before him. He is, he knows what I'm spending on toilet tissue (laughs) to the fact of what I, to help me with my business, my business acumen. And that's what, so allowing him to be in this space. So if you're going to get a mentor, you got to be, be also willing to be vulnerable. And these are conversations to talk about communication, connection. These are conversations that you want to start having with yourself. If you're not doing well with money to bring somebody into your space, your space, meaning your bank account, even your heart, this connection as Tim talked has so well illustrated um that allows us to be better this is about being like tim talked about like 
I just want to be a better human. Tim and I talk often about Kobe Bryant. He just want to be better. He just wanted to be better today than he was yesterday. And Kobe was like, he was relentless at it. So I, I can't say that I'm him, but Tim and I often talk about the Mamba mentality of just being better. So yes, I am open. I, I am an open book. My, my mind, my mindset when it comes to let getting better is very open. Um, or being a better human being. So, so far, Jay, what do we got? We got get a mentor. And what was your first one? The first one is acknowledging. Um, acknowledging acknowledging where you are. Acknowledge where you are. Get a mentor. And then what would be your third point? Um, the third point is... Get a mentor. I'm sorry. Get a mentor, parentheses, be vulnerable. Y'all need to go back and listen to season one episode two mm-hmm. from over a year ago on vulnerability mm-hmm. be vulnerable don't try to protect yourself because in protecting yourself you become like an autoimmune disorder your attempt at self-protection is actually self-harm jason would be doing himself harm if he was covering his finances instead of sharing them with someone who he trusts in relationship to help him get better that's Definitely. season one, episode two. Y'all need to go back and get that in your spirit. Yeah, go ahead. I'm that's sorry. a good one. So, like, coming to grips, being vulnerable, getting a mentor. And that last one is, like, making sure you create a system. This is the last one. Making sure you create a system to look at your finances. If not on a day-to-day basis, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are just a person who are just governing the finances of your home on a weekly basis, and it won't take a lot of time because you set up with your mentor a system to manage your money a lot better. And if you don't have like an enterprise, it is a lot easier than it would be if you had a lot of other um, wheels turning in, in, in the machine, if you will, of your life when you're, when you're working with business and enterprise. So, Definitely acknowledge where you are, get a mentor and become vulnerable. That's that's two. And then get a system to manage your money, an easy system. Don't if you don't do clipboards or notebooks, don't get a clipboard or a notebook, but find a system that you can see and touch and manipulate so that those goals that Tim talked about that you truly have in your heart that evolve around some way of creating resources to meet some of those dreams that you want to achieve, whether it's a vacation, whether it's another business, whether it's some, I don't know, nonprofit, you need to do those three steps in order to get to that vision. There's creativity in finances. Um, I've watched my friend create where I had no money, Tim. I, I need, I would say I needed a loan. He created money in the money that I already had. He, he started consolidating things and literally found $2,000 that I already had in, in, in order to pay things that I needed to pay for. It was, it's, it, it, it's all there. I wasn't willing to sit down and look at it because I was ignoring it or fearful and didn't want the mirror. Finances holds the mirror up to me, to you. So we got to get real uncomfortable with, with, with what finances might do but i'm saying it's gonna be it's gonna make me a better i see my 
entrepreneurial self in the future and i'm going to look up look back at the pains and struggle of the one two three that i just named and then say it's all worth it was all worth it and i want to encourage you guys um the same the same way wow jason thank you you heard it right here folks you heard number one you have to acknowledge where you are number two you have to be vulnerable and get a mentor and number three you have to put a system in place Jay, I do believe today on the Motown Philly podcast, we talked about money, man, money and communication. Remember folks, money in the abstract is a problem. Money is always connected to us. It's connected to us through our personality. It's connected to us through our priorities. It's connected to us through our values and money. We have a relationship with money that enables us to communicate with money and money to communicate with us we have a connection to money and we have community with money whether or not that community is good or not so good is up to us jay i do believe we're at the end now man listen one last question where can folks find you my brother you guys can find me in two main places one on instagram aka ig as the speaker the speaker's mechanic that's at the speaker's mechanic and you can also find me on linkedin jason hall communication skills coach where i help professionals and entrepreneurs communicate effectively their brand and how to convey it better to those who they're trying to reach tim golden where can we find you my guy y'all can find me on instagram at a good golden man you can find me on x formerly known as twitter at drtj golden esq and last but not least you can find me on facebook at tim golden three things in life for certain death taxes and i am the only black man in walla walla named tim golden i guarantee you you can take that to the bank and the check won't bounce until next time y'all we are out of here like vladimir peace peace out y'all